<laughs> Hello. Let me ask you a couple questions just right off the bat. Okay. Are your loved ones who've passed away, are they dead? Or are they in heaven? And got another question. And what about that nasty, disgusting neighbor like down the street when you were a kid? You know, where are they? In hell? Seriously, I'm asking Christians out there, are your loved ones, are they dead? Of course not. You know that. You know that. Today, we're going to talk about the definition of a mystic. Ooh, the spooky stuff. Yep. We're going to talk about heaven and hell and the keys to the kingdom of heaven and what kind of doors they really do open up. So let's go check it out. Amen. Well, welcome. Yeah, I know I could hardly wait to get here. I was using my voice, practicing and writing out everything I wanted to share with you today. And it was just like, oh my goodness, I'm so excited. This is an engaging workshop discussion on change. And today we're going to change some things. We're going to lay out some purposes and re we're going to redefine what we say yes to or what we say yes to in the past. And there are a whole bunch of things that we have said, oh yeah, uh-huh, that, that's right. Mm -mm. So hello, I am your host, Kristen Wabeck. I am a spiritual entrepreneur and I am just chasing bold dreams, doing the work, asking questions and getting life done. Yes, done, finished. The life that we were meant to live. Amen? <laughs> so today I want to share with you, yay, we are going to unpack a brand new chapter, brand new chapter 14 tools of responsibility. And that's from the unfinished book. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here today. <laughs> I always tell you, or maybe I'm telling me, right? Breathe in, breathe out. We get to running fast. I'm guilty of that. <laughs> I'm excited to share with you. So this is my quote from chapter 14, Tools of Responsibility. I am passionate about wearing the crown of relationship and responsibility runs through my veins. You know, if there's a mess to clean up, sign me up for the cleanup crew. Yes. Yes. I want to help clean up, right? And then where are you going to find me? I am going to be first in line, casting my crown to his feet. Yep, that is so me. Okay, I'm going to read a couple of couple of paragraphs here from chapter 14. We have come a long way. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's so exciting. Oh, and I wanted to remind you today too, if you really would like to be able to see the podcast episode, I have included it on my YouTube channel. It's called Intentional Now Podcast View. <laughs> 
really difficult, right? So if you like to see or watch and also do the audio, we got all the bells and whistles for you, okay? So let's just settle in here. I'm going to read just a couple paragraphs, and then we're going to unpack some of those yeses that we've said yes to, okay? So you got your thinking cap on? Are we ready? <laughs> here we go. I am passionate about heaven. Did you figure that one out? Yep. <laughs> Why? Before God rested, they, the Godhead, together in the work, the work of their hands, made all things with redemption in mind. All things. Mm -hmm. Love eternally expanded. Perfect love casts out all residue of fear, all of it. He loves his children so much that he created an absolute sure way back to himself. No weakness, ignorance, hate, or fear could run or ruin his fatherly plan. Free will stands eternally, not in time or outside of it. Our doctrines of understanding have strangled the good news from a limited perspective, and that's why he is God. <laughs> he is an awesome God. He's an all-consuming fire. So, here we are. He is seated in heavenly places. We are seated in heavenly places. We are appropriate this gracious gift with him into the working of the redemptive plan of Jesus. He gave himself in the flesh, agreeing to the mandate of his ministry. Before the foundations of the world, as maturing sons, that's you and me, we hold the keys to the kingdom. They are given into our hands, into your hands, into my hands, and our tool belt is full tools of responsibility, right? Amen? Okay, let's unpack some really good questions. Now, I'm going to take one of my famous rabbit trails <laughs> today. I'm famous for them, right? They're all over the book. <laughs> and I'm going to unpack what I mean when I say that I'm a spiritual entrepreneur, okay? So last February, I unpacked it all and I wrote a blog post out about that. And you will find the link in the section of the podcast notes right there in the bottom. I'm pointing as if the people listening can see. <laughs> it's funny. Mm -hmm. So let's, it's time to put just a little bit more light on the subject again. I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a mystic, I'm an artist, a writer, a businesswoman, and a pastor. Ooh, that is a mouthful, right? So an entrepreneur, what are they? They're a person who organizes and operates a business and they take greater than normal risk in order to do so. So many of you out there listening are similar to me. So similar to me. And an artist, they're a person who creates, right? A writer is an originator, bravely publishes. Oh, tell me that again, right? And a businesswoman, they trade, they create, they create commerce, right? 
So a pastor is a caring person who teaches you how to know the shepherd of your life. I use this term because most of the population has some sort of framework around it. We're talking about relationship to responsibility. Now, how about that mystic word? Mm, According to the dictionary... A mystic is a person who seeks by contemplation or self-surrender to obtain unity with or an engulfing themselves into the deity or the absolute, or who believes in the spiritual apprehension of truths that are beyond our intellect. I will read that again. That's what a mystic is in a dictionary definition. It's a person who seeks by contemplation and self-surrender to obtain unity with or engulfing themselves into a deity. I'm going to say God or the absolute, which is God, or who believes in spiritual apprehension of truths that are beyond the intellect. We're talking about the unseen, right? So now I'm going to make you laugh in an attempt to make you think. Nope, a mystic. I do not wear a habit. Maybe, oh, maybe I work in my bathrobe till about noon. <laughs> One of the benefits of being an entrepreneur and working at home. So, nope, I do not channel and I do not talk to things on the dark side. Nope, no way, no how, Uh uh-uh. My first conversation every day, all day with the passions in my heart is to Jesus Christ. He's the best mystic groupie. And it's totally all his fault, right? This is all his fault. So, and yep, you know this about me. I learned how to see in the spirit. And yep. I have relationships with the cloud of witnesses, family members very much alive and living in heaven and cool historic people. Yep, God's heavenly host and creative beings, right? And yep, you know this about me. I wrote a book. And yep, I'm an artist who has learned through journaling and drawing, creating what I experience in heaven. Mm -hmm. And yep, Don, my husband, and I often take those ideas and truths and turn them into resources to share and sell. Mm-hmm. For instance, any one of you that have checked out my website or you can find me on Etsy, I have quite a bit of stationary designs. Yes. And all of those stationary designs are prompted from my encounters in heaven. Yep, yep, yep. So... Technically, I'm bringing heaven to earth practically and tangibly. Life and life story, they tell a readable story. Our lives tell a readable story. My body and my soul, they live here. My spirit with my soul, they are a conduit, a receiver, and discover other dimensions. Ooh! Kristen, that is the spooky stuff. Yeah, I know. It's the spooky stuff, right? But honestly, do I look spooky? Um, Probably 90% of my listeners, I could either be your mother or your grandmother. 
Okay, do I look spooky? Now, come on. All right, let's go here. So I absolutely love beautiful things. And I know that beauty is a powerful tool that regenerates each one of our lives. It regenerates our home and our community. Our earth is so beautiful. So, yep, I have a handful of consistently brilliant people I've been walking with spiritually for many years. You might relate to this as my church. Mm -hmm. I'm blessed with a great relationship with my mom. My dad, a year ago, October, stepped into heaven. And yes, I am currently preparing. Let me see. I'll say that again. Yes. I am currently preparing to share that absolutely amazing story. I'm doing that currently right now. So just be patient. I'd love to share it with you. It is awesome. So this, my story being a mystic in a nutshell. You may crack that nut further by reading the unfinished book. It tells the first leg of my journey. And one thing that you might want to do right, is give my husband a round of applause. Yay, right? I have, let me hit the applause button over here. I have an applause button. Where'd it go? I am just having fun and messing with you. There it goes. There goes the applause button, right? And the reason why my husband is so deserving of an applause, because he has lived with me from... My introduction, I mean real introduction to Jesus, when I turned into a Jesus freak, so to speak, and grew, 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 and yes, just go read the book. That makes it so much simpler. So now, now that we did all that backstory, if you don't want to hear about the kingdom of God or how we solve, when I say we, there are a whole bunch of people that are involved with ascending and stepping through the veil, how we solve everyday local and international problems. Mm -hmm. Like weather systems and fires and just really awesome spiritual stuff. Yeah, that changes. Wars. Oh, yeah. The stuff we've seen, it's just amazing. So anyhow, I respect that. I respect if you don't want to talk about the kingdom of heaven, but you do because you're here, right? So you are free to disagree with me and vice versa. So what is the world really hungry for? What are we really hungry for? To have a mature conversation. We're hungry for love, really. But in that love is a mature conversation that we actually can talk to each other, have difference of opinions and experiences. So now let's go to the stuff. <laughs> my stuff is being dealt with by a king, Holy Spirit and my father. And let me tell you this, nothing gets past them. No, they have my permission to talk with me about my stuff. <laughs> For you listeners, I just put my fingers in the air and went stuff, right? That's how I learned about the courts of heaven and stepping beyond the veil in which I have been sharing with you. And I deal with my stuff. So I will not hang it on the line of social media. 
if a fence comes knocking at my door, the only door it revolves through is my is his heart and mine. Period. Soup. If an offense comes, there it goes, in and out, there it goes. Though, to be honest with you, my husband has taken a little shockwave just now and again. All right, moving on. So the cool thing about an opportunity and heaven is through relationship, we can learn from each other, right? If our stuff has walked a similar path, both of us may have a connection to share victories and failures and notes. That is exactly what this podcast is for. And that is what my resources are for, to assist you and to help you and to create relationship. Okay, there you go. So... I do not share for free, and that is not a statement about money. It is a statement about value and cost. It will cost you, you ready? (gasps) A cup of coffee. (laughs) Or I'll share with you, like last week, a cup of tea. Be sure to connect in with the links provided for you in last week's episode. It's awesome, personal, off the cuff, and I made a special video just for my podcast listeners, but you have to hit the link. Yeah, just for you. It's not out there in cyberspace anywhere else. It's hidden just for you. So real fruit is picked off of a real tree. Now, I always welcome opportunity for new relationships. That's the purpose. Again, this podcast, relationships, people helping people. So let's get back to more of that mystic stuff, okay? Nope, I do not use my x-ray vision to look at your stuff. (laughs) Yes, I use my x-ray vision to unmask the spooky stuff, but its primary purpose is to know him. That's his primary purpose. And nope, I do not go through walls of your house to see your stuff. That's rude. And you know what is actually happened to me before? And I think it's rude. Mm-hmm. It's rude. So I am officially a member of the Spiritual Etiquette Council. <laughs> we are laughing and having a good time. See, when it's something that's different or we're not familiar with, sometimes we just need to be a little bit humorous so we can talk about the serious stuff, right? Uh Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, you and I, if you came to my house for the first time, right, what would you do? You'd use the doorbell and on the front door. And then say I've known you like for two or three years, you wouldn't use the doorbell anymore. No, we have water in the bridge. And like most of my friends, They'd open the door and they'd say in a loud voice, hello, Kristen, here, are you in your office? That's the same way within the spirit. You know, you just don't go knocking and going through other people's door and their stuff, you know? Sounds kind of normal, doesn't it? Mm, Yeah, I heard you. Somebody said, Kristen, you are totally not normal. My boys, my adult children would agree with you. (laughs) They love me anyway, so... That is exactly what I'm trying to convey, this mystic stuff. Yes, I, get ready, I have been called a medium. Well, that's better than large, isn't it? (laughs) My husband said that joke a long time ago. (laughs) It's better than a large. 
So listen to the difference. Let's unpack these words. Let's put them on the table, okay? You ready? But the word mystic has many genres, right? Like medium in art. That would be the weightiness or the texture of the resource you use to communicate your art. Or in biology, biology medium is the stuff that grows bacteria in a nutrient, I can say that word, nutrient-rich medium. And in computing, medium is a form of storage for digitized information. But the definition I'm highlighting today is medium in the occult. It's a person claiming to be in contact with the spirits of the dead and to communicate between the dead and the living. And other titles, spiritualist, clairvoyant, mind reader, fortune teller, and seer. Okay. Do I have you nervous now? No. Let's unpack it, right? We can talk about this. So all of these titles that have some kind of connotation in the library, in your history of your brain. You already feel something about them. You do, okay? I hear you. I feel it. I know you already feel something. So I'm going to give you an example of the last time I was called a medium, okay? I was out to lunch with my BFFs, And we were at the local spaghetti factory, you know, just yakking it up, having a good time. And they were picking my brain on some amazing heavenly encounter I had. I love to share with them. It's just awesome. So our waiter, he must have been in his late 20s, was obviously, I mean, it was quite obvious. He was stretching his ear or eavesdropping the nicest way a person can. He so wanted to hear what we were talking about. So finally, when the opportunity presented himself, he asked me if I was a medium. I said, yes. Why? Because Holy Spirit had informed me that the young man needed encouragement of a spiritual kind. And if I would have got offended at the title he called me, that door would have just not have opened. It would have slammed shut and I wouldn't have been able to encourage him. So he asked me, this young man, when he asked me if I was a medium, he asked me if I saw anything in his regards. I said, yes, I do. Then I got it from the table and I asked him for his permission to lay my right hand on his shoulder. And I was going to ask Holy Spirit what God wants to say to him and what God is showing me. Seeing, right? He had absolutely no problem with me discussing the God thing. Within moments of sharing with him what was being communicated with me divinely, the young man was totally in tears. The good kind of tears. The God kind of tears. A touch that moves the heart in a way that you always remember. And that was God. I was just a conduit. All the young man was left with is God. Loved him that day, encouraged him, and left him with some suggestions towards decisions he was attempting to make. It's like 
I was a conduit. I moved out of the way. And all he saw was the loving kindness of God. Mm -hmm. So to be honest with you, 10 years ago, I would have been totally offended if somebody would have called me a medium. And then I would have corrected the individual with some kind of Jesus jargon. Yep, but I have matured since there. I hope I've matured then there. So back to the medium in the area of the occult. It's a person claiming to be in contact with the spirits of the dead and to communicate between the dead and the living. Let me ask you a couple of questions, all right? Are your loved ones who have passed on dead? Are they in heaven? Okay, seriously, I'm asking Christians out there, are they dead? Of course not. You know that. You also know that they are alive in the cloud of witnesses. You know that. Well, maybe you haven't experienced the cloud of witnesses. Well, that's a good reason to hang out with me, right? Now, one of those titles I would like to highlight for you, and that is a seer. I encourage you to go to online your online Bible program, right? And search it. Put in the word seer. S is in Sam, E-E-R is in Randy. The word in the Old Testament referred to prophets. And there were different kinds of prophets. Two kinds of prophets I'll mention here today is an oral and a visual. An oral means a prophet. They are like a mouthpiece for God. They hear and out it comes. They hear and out it comes. A visual seer is still a mouthpiece for God, but they're more contemplative. Yeah. So the best book on the seer is by James Gold. I read it years ago and it was so wonderful. It was in my time when I didn't really have anybody to talk to. Um, I didn't think I was crazy, but I was just like, um, there wasn't anybody to talk to. So... I left the link below for you. Okay, so contemplative means to me, I'm going to say that word again, it's good practice. Contemplative, better, means to me, I usually see stuff first and then I encounter the purpose. So I think on it or, or Jesus shows me things ahead of time and I have time to think about them. So Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that would so easily entangle us and let us run the race with perseverance, the race that is marked out for us. So scripture clearly says we are surrounded and they are alive. So question what are we to throw off which hinders us? Wrong theology? Ignorance? And let me ask you this. And how does sin get us entangled when it comes to the cloud of witnesses surrounding us? Great questions. Doesn't mean I'm going to give you all the answers. I want you to go look and ask. More questions. This is how I get you to think. Yep. So if a person talks 
to the spirits of the dead, who is talking back? I would like to highlight something here. God gives gifts and he never takes them back. Whether we use them for his glory or not, people are given those gifts. Music, talents, gifts of service, ministry gifts, redemptive gifts. The list is so gracious. The gift of intuitiveness, spiritual sight is included. However, another note, spiritual sightedness is our for every believer. It is part of our inheritance. But there are people that intuitively have been given like an extra portion, right? I got another question for you guys. We're thinking here, right? We got a thinking class on. If you were given a gift by God and yet there wasn't an any individual around in your area of influence to teach you about your unique gift, how would it be developed? You can teach yourself to play an instrument, though a music teacher will speed up the process. You do have the ability to sing and practice, but instruction will speed up the process. You might be an artist. Education for growth is always a good thing. Now, what happens if you're intuitive? Where do you go for education? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Another thought for you. And what are most parents' response to children when they have nightmares because there's a monster under the bed? Or do we as parents ever say, it's time for you to outgrow your imaginary friend? Why? Because we as parents haven't been informed either. Kids can see angels. They can see the spiritual stuff because it hasn't been pulled out of their brain and their heart yet. Just a thought. So... Who do you think would provide this spiritual woohoo information in a heartbeat? To teach someone who is misunderstood or told that those things don't exist. Mm -hmm. Who do you think is going to come to the rescue to teach them? Yep, that's right. The enemy. Why? Well, I'm going to say this. I encourage you to dig into your Bible to find the answers about what the apostles did when they encountered people using ungodly spiritual connections. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. So when you pray and you talk to Jesus, where where is he? Where's Jesus? Is he dead or alive? I know, ghastly, right? No, he's resurrected, right? So when you are talking to him, you're technically talking to him in the kingdom of heaven, right? And is that the kingdom of heaven within you? And is he still seated at the right hand of the Father in you? 
<laughs> I love this. I can see your faces. You're thinking. So Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven 150 153 times in the New Testament. <sighs> All I can say is, Father, forgive us for our ignorance. I got another great question. What about dreams and visitation? Yeah, okay, I got this. You guys all asked a really good questions. A loved one has recently passed away and the remaining family member or spouse has a dream that their loved one came to visit them and give them a message. That person was totally encouraged, right? Spirit to spirit. And sometimes, you know, when we're sleeping, it's the only place God gets a word in edgewise. <laughs> I know. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. The curious ones are asking, Kristen, what about hell? You said we were going to talk about hell. <laughs> oh, okay. Already. Are you ready for me to talk about that? Here we go. Again, I'm going to ask you some questions because you know a lot more than what you might think you do. Is God love? Is God an all-consuming fire? See Isaiah 33:14. So, you ready for this? How is hell or Sheol portrayed? As a fire, right? And hmm, God is an all-consuming fire, right? I got another question for you to get you thinking even more. Did Jesus get the keys from hell and Hades? I know some of you are hesitating. You just want to say yes, yes, right? So Revelations 1.18, I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Ephesians 4, verses 7 through 10. But each one of us has been given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Therefore, God says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. But this, he ascended, didn't he also first descend into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. Ephesians 4, 7 through 10, and it was actually quoting Psalms 68, 18. Let me ask you this. Remember, he just led captivity captive. And oh, by the way, who was that? Who was captive? And hmm, oh, and he descended into the lower realms of the earth. Hmm, now we're getting somewhere, right? He descended into the lower realms of the earth. Are you ready for these? Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who gives me strength, right? And John 14.12. This is one of those truly, truly ones. I tell you. 
whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. So I have Mark, Luke, John, but I'm going to read in Matthew 16, 17 through 19. He is talking to Simon Peter about Simon saying he's the Christ and what he's been given in his spiritual insight. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So, we have the keys to where? <laughs> and what do they do? Those keys that Jesus gave to Peter to build the church. To build the church, that's what the keys do. And then, um, what do the keys open? The gates of Hades. Hmm. But God is love, and he's an all-consuming fire. Hmm. <laughs> Today we started. We started, and I shared with you that I was going to pack chapter 14 of the Tools of Responsibility. And this is my quote for the chapter. I am passionate about wearing a crown of relationship. Responsibility runs through my veins. And if there's a mess to clean up, sign me up for the cleanup clue. Then find me first in line to cast my crown. Do you want to join me in the front of the line? I hear you. God is so good. Go ask him about what I shared with you today. The questions I just hung out there like carrots hanging in the wind. You have been officially educated about the word mystic. Oh, it's cool. <laughs> it's not scary anymore. Might be a little unknown, but it's not scary, right? So I was finishing up writing my notes for today's episode, and I had to come back here because I heard another question from you. Kristen, how do I apply this? What you just shared with me. How do I apply it? Hope. Hope is the first place. It's the length, the breadth, the depth, the width of the love of God. Hope. God is good and salvation is eternal. Don't just take my word for it. Go ask Jesus. And I, when I have this conversation, I'm having this conversation with you, but when I have this conversation with most people, you know what they say? They say, they sigh relief, and they say, I have always known that. They have always known about the way that God has prepared a place for us, right? God has given each one of us the free will to love him. And he's such a good father that when the Godhead sat down to discuss and create what we can today recognize in Genesis, nothing can out 
outrun, nothing can outrun the love of God. Not even ourself. So, hope is what I leave for you. There's more here, yes, but hope I leave with you today. So practice, 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 ascending and stepping beyond the veil, asking Jesus to show you. Just simply believe what he shows you. You can write it down, you can say it to him, and you're on your way. Practice using the keys that Jesus has already placed in your hands. Mm-hmm. And when he leads you to another realm, you will be ready. And you won't have any fear because he is with you. Okay? That is really good. So make sure you answer my invitation to tea last week. I put, I think I put the, the link in today and it's in last week. Go listen to last week's good stuff. All the links in the episode are in the description. I'm always pointing down <laughs> in the description. And I want to thank you now for allowing me this time to open up the realms of spiritual thought and to be taught of the Lord. We have just, see all those things, right? For us to evaluate, what do we actually say yes to? He's so good. Yeah, there is totally more to this conversation. And that's why the chapter is called Tools of Responsibility. Go read it. Stay hungry. Ask great questions. And remember to listen. I'll talk to you again next week. Bye now.